This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to visit with one of the favorite people I get to visit with. We get to talk today today with Jacob Emerson. Jacob covers the payer side in healthcare, Becker's Healthcare, uh, brilliant thinker and, and follower of the area. Jacob, tell us, what are you watching currently? What are the big stories you're following currently in the payer arena? Sure. So, yeah, good to speak with you, Scott, again. And I think we've got to talk about two big stories that broke this morning, February 22nd. United Health Group has closed on its acquisition of home health firm LHC Group for about $5 billion. And then Amazon has completed its $4 billion acquisition of the virtual primary company, One Medical. Um, again, both these deals closed officially this morning. Um, so we, we've been reporting on these and watching them for uh, going back almost a year now, at least with the United Health Group deals. So um, interesting to see these close. But there's two big trends that really stand out from these purchases specifically. And it's really that we're seeing everybody move into healthcare delivery from retail to technology companies to insurance companies like United Health but also that the FTC is not blocking retail disruptors entering this industry or, um, or at least purchasing companies within this, within this sphere. So two really interesting trends from and, and let, let me ask you, let me ask you a question about the second one in, yeah. in terms of the FTC antitrust. If, if you look at those two situations, Amazon, you would think they wouldn't block because even though they're a huge company, They've not yet made a huge footprint in the aggregation of healthcare resources, or at least delivery sure. resources. Whereas sure. United, you think maybe it's more likely they take a look at because United still now controls six percent or so of the physicians in the country, but but six percent is still not a big enough number, maybe in a specific geographic area to cause real antitrust concerns. So so it's it's a sure. fascinating situation. Whereas I look at the the. I saw the Amazon deal got clearance from the FTC, but that seems like an easy one because they're not yet that deep in healthcare. Or the other one could be more complicated, I guess. But what a fascinating situation! And then talk yeah. about this issue. It seems like Jacob, everybody is trying to employ doctors, and we're increasingly in a shortage of doctors. What, like you know, Walgreens announced, which Walgreens is way behind CVS and United in this area, but trying to play catch up. Exactly, you said not wanting to just be in the pharmacy business, but wanting it to be in the healthcare delivery business. What does this look like? Are we, I mean, is it just going to, are all the doctors that were at one point bought up by hospitals and health systems now going to be bought up by big payers and big, big pharmacy chains? What, what are we yeah. going to see out there in terms of where doctors work and how is this going to work for actual healthcare delivery? No, I mean, I think that is what we're going to see. I mean, I know the AHA came out with a report late last week saying that 30% of the nation's primary care uh, delivery system will be um, will be owned by re retail or disruptor companies that aren't traditional healthcare players um, by 2030. So 30%. Um, that's a big deal. But but I just I want to go back to your point about the FTC stuff, Scott. I think you know the the FTC with One Medical, yeah, they didn't block it because they probably didn't have any evidence of of antitrust um, going on, right? So. So they're not going to block a deal that there's not enough evidence to do so. But we have seen them challenge some of these major healthcare deals recently, with like United Health Group last year when they when they purchased Change Healthcare. And so even though the FTC tried to challenge it through the Justice Department, the the courts didn't side with them. So so I think that's another challenge here is even if the FTC does or the federal government does go after some of these mergers and acquisitions, the courts might not necessarily side with them. So that's kind of an interesting piece of that. 
Um, but to go back to what you were saying about, you know, the, the, the healthcare delivery arena is completely changing and is expected to change uh, greatly over the next decade. Um, like I had mentioned, there's that AHA report that came out late last week, and they, they, they point to seven healthcare disruptors in their scope for, for this year, and it's Amazon, CVS, United Health Group through Optum, Walgreens, Walmart, Apple, and Google. Apple and Google are obviously more in the data and analytics sphere, but they're increasingly entering the healthcare space as well. Um, and so the, the AHA said hospitals need to consider four main questions going forward this year. And it's really, do we, do we compete with these companies? Are we offering the same experience um, that these companies are going to be offering for patients? essentially saying, are we relevant in the eyes of patients going forward? And then the other two questions they asked is, where can we partner with these companies around either the actual healthcare delivery or with the data and the analytics section with like Apple and Google? So how can we partner with them to, to become more integrated with this very real trend? And then on the flip side, how can we offer better experiences uh, compared to them so that we stay relevant with patients? So there's so many interesting things there, and I'll just point to two of them real quickly and get your feedback. First is this concept of hospitals concerned about others employing primary care physicians, and why it's so interesting is sort of the irony in it, not right or wrong, but 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when hospitals started to do this themselves, a lot of others got very concerned and felt like hospitals were squeezing the referral streams. So if you were a surgeon, a surgery center, you felt like all of a sudden, you needed to work for the hospital because the hospitals controlled the primary care referral sources to your physicians. So that's sort of one thing, the irony now of the hospitals not being concerned as others get into this game. And that's going to drive up the cost of employing physicians as well as so many people are trying to employ them and chase them. The, the second thing I find fascinating is the, the FTC's experience in the courts in trying to challenge some of these things and sort of the, where they're having success there have been success in local hospital mergers, and unfortunately, a local hospital seems to be you know, at, at the most risk where they're not having success is against some of the mega companies. And, and the point being, just because you're a mega company doesn't mean you're getting a monopoly in a specific area. So Amazon, who's liked in healthcare so far, even though they're a mega company, second largest in the country by revenues, 500 billion plus right after Walmart, it, but it doesn't mean they're big in healthcare, and just based on the future doesn't mean you could challenge what they're doing today in healthcare. And and then yeah. United's a whole different story because as long as the assets are spread out enough, it doesn't necessarily violate antitrust issues to acquire more. I mean, six percent's nothing in the concept of antitrust law. Well, it, no, it is fascinating, and you're absolutely correct, Scott. I mean, at the end of the day, the FTC is successfully blocking hospital mergers all over the country. But then, you, but then the, with some of these mega corporations, they're not as successful. So it's, it is an absolutely fascinating situation. Um, but the, one of the last things I wanted to add, though, too, is that a lot of the hospital systems are now viewing the retail disruptors, like I mentioned, as, as partnership opportunities. So you've got just in the last few months, there was, uh, there was a health system in Kentucky and then one in Maine. They're outsourcing all their revenue cycle operations and other services, IT services, to Optum. Um, and then all of their employees become Optum employees. Um, and then we had one of our reporters here at Becker's confirm with a regional president at Optum that they're going to keep doing this in 2023. He, he literally said, I would not be surprised if that's what you see more of in 2023. And then we've can, been able to confirm that Optum has 70,000 employed or aligned positions across 22 locations 
as of this year. So they're growing quickly, and we we know now that um, they're going to keep doing it uh, in the years to come. In, in hospitals, would view that I think that the concept of Optum employing all these physicians, sourcing all their operations, and employees to Optum. Other systems might view that as just a further signal that not so much that systems want to do this, but they're left with less power in the market, and and Optum and United are stronger than them, and thus in a better position to do these things than they are. And and sure. I think Cosmos would also view it as like them being blocked on mergers when they feel like they've got less and less market power vis-a-vis the consumer and the payers feels to them unfair. They would view it as unfair, whether right or wrong. Yeah, it's really interesting to watch, but the payers are no longer just payers. They are healthcare service organizations, and so they're coming for the entire spectrum of the system. We're a fascinating situation, and so we've we've talked a, a little bit today about United. We haven't talked that much about CVS, but CVS, right with United, is one of the fifth or sixth largest companies in the United States. And then newer efforts by CVS too to employ lots of physicians, but Walgreens now going all in. There was an article yesterday about Walgreens going all in on physicians and aligning with physicians and viewing the pharmacy business as a less profitable business. This is all part of the same trend, isn't it? People feeling like it's almost goes back to 20 years ago when hospitals felt like they had to control the physicians to win. I mean, that's sort of where this seems to be going, where everybody wants to try and employ yeah. and control the physicians. Absolutely. And control the costs. I mean, that's the biggest thing here. It, it, you're vertically integrating all the, you know, the care delivery with the insurance so you can control the costs better and keep all the money under one roof. Um, and, and who's the most expensive people to care for generally in this country? It's seniors. And so that's where a lot of these purchases are targeted toward Medicare beneficiaries. So I CVS is looking to purchase Oak Street. Um, so, so I think that's another piece of this trend here as well, where the insurers are looking at who costs the most to take care of, and then they're going to go in and purchase those companies that do it so that they can control those costs better. It, and, and there's a couple different concepts there. There's controlling cost and controlling money, which can be two different things. I mean, hospitals originally tried to control physicians, so they control the flow of money, the flow of procedures, the flow of everything. Then in later years, it became about, you know, some of this value-based care concepts. Are we controlling costs? We're controlling money. And, and it can be two different things because, I mean, sometimes people would say, well, more Walmart's acquiring lots of physicians. So they can control referrals to Walmart or business generation to Walmart. And people would say that right. versus necessarily to necessarily, quote, unquote, control cost. And with the, the one thing that we've seen over the last 20 years is the more acquisitions and consolidations, at least generally, have not to this point led to the control of quote unquote cost. They have led to, um, you know, they, they've led to the the flow of money and, yeah. and two different things, but fascinating to watch, but we'll see how it plays out. Jacob, anything else you wanted to share with our listeners? I always love getting a chance to visit with you. I always learn something, which I view as the hallmark of me enjoying the conversation of our audience as well, is that people are learning, they're seeing, they're getting insight to what's going on. Anything else you wanted to share today with what you're seeing out there? Uh, you know, final thing I guess I would just share is kind of to cap off everything we did talk about today is nobody should be thinking of the big insurance companies as just insurance companies any longer. That's not what they are. That's not what they offer anymore. Um, they do partially, of course, but the big ones, they all offer healthcare delivery at this point, and they're they're structured like that. Last week, I talked about on the podcast, the Cigna Group, Cigna is now the Cigna Group, split between healthcare delivery uh, and then healthcare benefits. And so, 
Um, so that's the best way to think of it at this point is the big insurance companies are no longer that. They are health service organizations. No, just a fascinating perspective. And it's fascinating how United is going to be more Optum than United, how CVS Aetna is probably as much CVS and delivery as it is Aetna, but just and a fascinating Anthem, perspective. Anthem no long, and Anthem is no longer Anthem. It's Elevance Health. Yeah. A hundred percent. Jacob, I want to thank you for joining us again on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. You do a magnificent job. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott.